Welcome to the Card Custom Home and Architecture Podcast, the podcast that guides those looking for a home that expresses their unique lifestyle to release creative DNA into their project and have it completed while keeping the artistic vision alive. Now, here's your architect creative, J.D. Carling. It's Elemental, and we're talking about the subject of elements of architecture. Now, you could think elements are something. Just in your head real quick, think when you think element of architecture, what is that for you? Okay, now let's see. Uh, when I first started doing architecture, one of the most mind-blowing things was they asked us to make a house, draw a house that we liked or that we thought of. And then our first exercise was to start cutting it up and moving things around. And today we're going to discuss those things in relationship to your custom home and project because in your mind you may have things that you've thought about for a long time that are elements that you want in your home, like a special countertop or a room with a view or something like that. But if you begin to pull those things back and you can extract the information to you, that's important about those things, and you turn them into an element, then you can begin to feel what you're really wanting out of those space. So when we look at the way the universe is made, one of the ways we understand those things is through simpler elements. And let's go through a few of those. You're going to have a point. That's a specific dot. Now, when it comes to your home or your architecture, you're going to think maybe a point is like the corner where the two walls and the ceiling meet, or where the floor and two walls meet. That's a point. A line are the seams between different things. It could be the line of the roof traveling across the wall, right? It could be a line of shadow that's created. And then you have planes that are surfaces. That could be something that contains a texture. It could be something that defines a boundary. It might be an implied plane. You may be wanting to have a connection between your living room and your kitchen, but you do want there to be an implied boundary there. Something that's like a curtain could end up being a plane or a boundary. I'm going to keep listing these, but hang in there because I want you in your mind to be able to look at these different things and abstract them back into a more elementary geometric situation in your mind so you can see if that really means something to you. So we're on plane right now. Then next, you're going to go into a volumetric or three-dimensional space. So then you have volumes, which would be most likely in your mind a room, or it could be the whole house as a certain volume to it. And then as you begin to carve that up, you'll have the mass or the sculptural shape of the house. And then an another element that we experience is moving through that thing. So we went from a single point. I don't know if you ever saw Stargate, but in Stargate, one of my favorite scenes was they're trying to figure out where the gate goes. And he's drawing this diagram, and they have up and down, left, right, forward, back axis. And they're like, but there's a missing piece. And they draw a point way out in space with a line going to the intersection. Watch it again. That see in the original Stargate movie. And it kind of explains how this whole thing is experienced for them with the gate. And so you moving through those things is what makes them influential on your mood, influential on your mind, influential in your experience. So let's pick something. When you have a wall, let's say I've been 
seeing a lot that wallpaper and wall covering is becoming more popular again. People are wanting that in their home. What are you wanting to get out of that with this surface? What is it communicating to you? Now, it's there, but it's reflecting something back at you, right? It's reflecting back color, texture, and mood. Your thoughts about those things, the color and the texture coming back to you based on the light hitting it is creating your mood. You will get more value out of your money when you understand the mood and you think about the qualities of the thoughts that you're producing from seeing that. Your thoughts are things that you choose. You may have a reactionary thought when you see it and think that that's your thought, but that's based on whatever, I don't want to say conditioning, but whatever life experiences that you've accepted are going to be your initial thoughts. But when you look at it, you want to choose the thoughts that you want to have in that place and see which different ones you can get from the texture that you're looking at. So that right there is going to immediately take you to another place in your architecture. And all these things are God created or they're, they're in the universe because that geometry points, lines, planes, all those things are things that are sacred to our universe. The way that we experience and understand our universe is created by these elemental things. And that's exactly how I try to draw. Like I had kind of, I don't want to say an epiphany, but I've really been trying to steer away from any style. There's always going to be something popular and I'm going to use those things and you're going to like them. But trying to make those things the goal is not what our goal is. Like the arch is not the goal right now. Clashing, supposedly the clashing color and texture and material is coming back. That was like kind of like a postmodern thing that ended up happening is having its cycle again. But we don't want to just stop right there. So it was just interesting to me because I was like, A few years ago, I was like really wanting to do modern architecture. And I was talking with some people and I was like, I already know that that's going to become Tudor. That's going to become colonial style. And we don't want to stop there. And then I already knew, well, minimalism is the main thing that I'm going to be on next after that, that I'm going to learn how to detail minimal. And I don't know that that will ever go away, even though right now maximalism is something that is becoming like this trend. But minimalism allows other things to be produced. Even in maximalism, you need minimalist details in order to not let the maximalist idea escape. Well, since I've been studying sacred geometry and thinking about houses and what we can do to produce an environment for you guys, I've been thinking about, okay, you go into a house and I can decorate it or make space that is something that looks like transitional or modern farmhouse, right? I could also do that in a modern way. And I've even seen builders and architects advertise, I can do this plan. And I've mentioned this before because it's just a little zonkers to me. I can do this plan in a modern style or a Tudor style. So they have the same floor plan sections. Maybe there's a pitched roof. Maybe there's a flat roof. Most of the time, even if it's a pitched roof, the ceilings inside are both flat. So it's kind of the same space with different trim and different paint colors. Architecture is not that confined. It is not that simple. It is a holistic experience. It goes all the way from the point to the carved up volume that we've been discussing and comes together and creates this experience for you. And I always get so much back from my clients. I'm so thankful that like I even had a project that we called the line house because I had one client who was so 
enamored with the way the, the shadow would come through the house and touch the lines. We were very intentional about the subtle degrees of the ceiling and roof lines that went through their house. And I had another client that to them, the headspace, the volume was the most important thing. And then right now I'm working for somebody and modesty and subtlety is important to them. And they literally said to me, it's going to be inspiration is mid-century modest. And we're not doing necessarily mid-century, but it's mid-century modest. And these different headspaces and experiences we want to have need something that is specifically tailored to you. And exploring the platonic solids and the sacred geometries that come from like icosahedron, dodecahedron, tetrahedron, things like that, show you that there's different types of spaces we can inhabit that aren't as simple as saying, I'm going to do modern style, minimalist style, ranch style. A lot of those styles actually are more akin. Yes, architects definitely use those tools, but those came from technological innovations from man. And while those are great, that's what we want to harness is what we've been adding to things is not necessarily sacred or something integral to our universe in those spaces. So the icosahedron or the tetrahedron create very, very, very different spaces. And being able to harness those and how each of those handles point, line, plane, volume, mass is going to create a completely different experience for you that goes beyond do I have the latest countertop? Do I have the latest kitchen cabinet handles? Things like that. And because those are inescapable, right? It's like we need to get these things in here. And we've been looking at magazines the past few years. I've seen this so much. I want something different. So we want to know that we're going to be influenced by those things. And then we want to expand our mind to create a space that puts you in a space that's going to help you raise kids the way you want, a space that helps you entertain your friends and family the way that you desire, to be able to come up with that next amazing book in that space. If you're a doctor, to be able to think about where you want to go and the special treatments that you want to do for people. You're creating the backdrop for the way that you're going to live your life in private and even when you leave the home, when you do your home. And it's a time you're doing this once-in-a-lifetime thing where you're building a custom home, where you're designing a custom home that's all around you. You may want to do something with it now and use it for something else later, and you want to anticipate that. And I've stressed this before, that you want to be able to give the time and the energy to this thing in a way that's filled with love and thankfulness as you go through the process so that it becomes something you want. So I've talked about before being patient with your time, being patient with the process, but also giving it that time. Like, be patient, but put forth the effort. Well, it will be the same thing when you're thinking about the elements. Another set of elements that I'd like to discuss are the elements of the matter that we use to create the building. So a point, it might be the intersection of a detail. In some ways in your mind, points might be points of light. Points might be points of fasteners that are on something. And those can create a rhythm or the simplicity of the point could create focus or a point of space might be something of focus in your house. And those are going to be created by a thing. A plane, like I said, might be made of wallpaper, but there's also elementalism in concrete. You can make a concrete wall. That 
can influence the way you move. And I think one of the most beautiful ways is to choose elements for each of those things. So planes can be one thing, right? Planes are going to be, let's say, concrete, or I'll have metal planes. Then I'll have lines. The lines are created with wood. So when you can start to extract each element and think of those planes and how you're going to use them, you're getting more elemental with it than just saying, I want to have this style. I want beadboard on my wall. I want to have board and batten on this wall. I want a tongue and groove ceiling. When you create a tongue and groove ceiling, what you're really getting into is the element of, or is it going to be a wood texture? Or you're going to have lines. Are they going to run north, south, east, west? Are you going to do them diagonal? What are those lines, those repetitive lines going to do? If they're going towards a window, are they projecting your vision out to a window? If you're going in the room and they're going across from you, they create more of a rhythm and depth in the room, which actually slow things down versus projecting out. If they're at an angle, they can create a sense of torsion or I don't want to say confusion in a bad way, but it kind of like creates movement in the room. And those all do very different things, but that's a line. So we're not just saying, I want tongue and groove, right? We've pulled it back. We want those lines to do what? Depending on how you make those lines, is it a V-groove? Is it a notch? Are they stacked, kind of like a lap siding, which you could do on a ceiling as well? Those also create different things. The sawtooth effect will create more of a stepped feeling visually, and it does affect you. Not good or bad, but it affects the way you perceive things, the shadows in the room. The passage of light across the stepped one would do something different than the shadows across the lines projecting from the room. And you can do this over and over again with every different piece and part of the home. For another example, let's say we're going to create an opening, right? A point of light. Let's say that point of light is a window. Is that point supposed to pull you through it? Is it supposed to illuminate the area around it to draw you to that? Is it supposed to actually create a boundary or a barrier with the light? Now you can do different things with that. Does it open all the way up so you can physically go through it? Does it twist open in the middle so that it creates more of like a movement around it? Does it slide away so it becomes more subtle? It's invisible. If the door swings open, there's still a door and there's a large presence of the activity of the door. But if the door disappears, it's not so much a boundary as it is creating connection through those things. And mentally that element is gone. That plane of the door is gone. So you can do this with a surface. You can do it through a mechanism, a thing that, that moves out. But each one of those you can extract back to be elemental. You can do that with sound in your house. How do you want the sounds to communicate? Do you really, really savor soft sound? Do you want something to be able to amplify sound? If you're an audiophile, and everyone, that's one of the big things now is these integrated audio systems throughout the house. So do you want to create layers of sound in the house, or do you want there to be a quiet, subtle space for you to listen to something? So whatever is important to you, whatever the sacred pieces, the one or two most important things of the house is where we're going to stem our DNA. So remember, the DNA in your architecture is the desires that you have, the nature around you, and the things affecting it. And the more you can elementalize each of those things and what you want, you're going to be able to get more out of what you want from those things. So today, I just want to leave you with 
whatever you want, do the elemental test. Take it back to a simpler form that's more abstract, extract it, and then we'll move back into, hey, we want tongue and groove. But if you say, I want lines, maybe there's another way to create lines that's not, it doesn't have to be wood or it can be something else. Maybe it, it might even be ending up that you paint lines or something. Sometimes there, it's so interesting what you can come up with that's subtle or a different way of doing things when you extract them and you play around with them a bit and uh, do it different ways. Like, can a table and a couch end up being the same thing? Like in the 70s, a lot of times, the horizontal surface of a couch would also become tables. And that's just a little way that someone was playing around or experimenting with furniture at the time that wasn't so rigid. So what else could you do that with in your house? I'd be interested to think about whatever you've got. If uh, I'll go over them next time. Uh, somebody send me something elemental that could be extracted from a desire that you have from your house, and maybe we can explore it on here. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you are excited about this and ready to start, don't wait. Get your custom home journey started. It's one of the most rewarding things you can do in your life, and I'm so excited, passionate about helping you be successful in this, either if you're just listening here or if you actually want to book a consultation with us at card.com, that's C-A-C rd.com and get started on your journey today. If you own your property, I'd be glad to analyze it with you and provide you with a concept. Or if you're looking for property, listen to a bunch of our earlier podcasts that talk about the N in DNA, which is nature, good things you need to look for when buying property. And we can help you answer your questions and get you off on the right foot there too. So feel free to book a consultation if you're looking for property as well. I look forward to talking with you next week. Thank you so much for joining the CARD Custom Home and Architecture Podcast. And we want to see you not only dreaming of a home, but living in the home of your dreams. Thank you so much for being with us today. I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the CARD Custom Home and Architecture Podcast. If you are ready to start your journey of a lifetime designing and building a custom home or project, sign up for a free consultation at ca-rd.com today. We look forward to the journey together and making something unique for you and your family. If you have any topics you want discussed or questions about your custom home design for future episodes, send us a message via our website, ca-rd.com. And again, join us next time for another episode of the Card Custom Home and Architecture Podcast.